Although, I've seen some scripts I know the words weren't spelled right. There was hardly any commas in it at all. So I don't think that's too important. Hey, you want to get on the train here, or you want to ruin another take, huh? It's too cerebral. We're trying to make a movie here, not a film. Man, I don't drop character till I've done a DVD commentary. You want to eat the writer? Be my guest. That will leave you to explain how else your character is supposed to get to Bremen. Welcome to another episode of the In the Mouth of Darkness Chatcast. I am your host, Brad Gullix in the Mouth Dork. And guess what, folks? It's just me in the Dork Cave today. No Lisa, no Billy, no Darren, no Brian. Just little old me. Uh, and I feel bad for those guys because this episode is amazing. I am still pinching myself. I know I say that every episode, but this is a tremendous honor uh, to have Scott Adkins join us on the show today. Super surreal. Um, I reached out to their publicist for Avengement, his new film that he is out there promoting that comes out this Friday. And you know, I was just crossing my fingers, seeing, hoping, dreaming that maybe Scott Adkins would visit the door cave and have a chat with me. And uh, to my surprise, he said, yes, he would love to. Originally, the plan was that he could only give us 10 minutes. He's currently filming a movie. I, I want to say he's filming Legacy of Lies, but I could be wrong about that. But he called me right after uh, he was done shooting for the day. And I was only going to get 10 minutes. And, you know, I was just super excited about that uh, and said, yes, of course, we'll, we'll talk to Scott for 10 minutes. And turns out he was a little late, shooting went a little long. And because of that, he was so gracious, he gifted us an extra 10 minutes. So the conversation is 20 minutes long in length. Uh, I didn't know that going into the chat, so you can tell from my voice that I'm uh, rushing. I'm super excited. I'm trying not to fanboy out, and he's obviously had a long day, and maybe his energy's a little lower, and my energy's incredibly high <laughs> and noticeable and maybe a little awkward, uh, but we have a, a, a really fine conversation. Um, you obviously know who Scott Atkins is, because otherwise, why would you uh, click on this episode? But on the off chance that you don't know who he is, let me just run off a few titles uh, that he has appeared in. Uh, I first saw him in The Expendables 2. He played Hector, the henchman to Jean-Claude Van Damme. He was in Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. And if you think that is just another uh, straight to streaming knockoff of a Universal Soldier sequel, you are mistaken. You definitely have to check that film out. He, of course, is in Ninja and Ninja 2. Uh, he stars in the Boyka trilogy, which is just like the most savage grouping of action films ever. And you really need to do yourself a favor and watch those. I actually first spoke to Scott Atkins for Film School Rejects when he was promoting the film Savage Dog and right before Accident Man came out. Uh, I love both of those movies. Uh, the Debt Collector is another great one. He was recently in Triple Threat this year. This year he also had Abduction. He's got Avengement coming out this Friday. He's in Ip Man 4. Uh, he's got another movie called Alter Rock scheduled for this year. And not to mention, like I said, Legacy of Lies. He's got another movie called Seized on the Way, The Intergalactic Adventures of Max Cloud. Scott Atkins is a machine. He is cranking out these movies, and it's 
kind of a little mini miracle that he can make this stuff happen and that these films are of such high quality. Again, I urge you, go check out Savage Dog. Go check out Accident Man. Go check out the Boyka Trilogy. Um, you will not be disappointed. And yes, Avengement is a really rad film. And, you know, I'm prone to hyperbole, but I genuinely believe that Avengement is his finest hour from a performance standpoint. The basic uh, plot, I'm just going to read it to you from IMDb. While released on furlough from prison, a lowly criminal evades his guards and returns to his old haunts to take revenge on the people that made him a cold-hearted killer. Okay, basic revenge stuff. You'll look at the poster. You'll see Scott Atkins holding a sawed-off shotgun, pointing it at camera. He looks badass. Okay, sure. But what's amazing about this movie and what we talk about a little bit at the start of the conversation is it's actually a dual role. He plays the same character, this guy Kane, but he gets to play Kane before he goes to prison and he gets to play Kane after he goes to prison. And we meet him in the uh, latter, you know, when he is scarred, uh, he's got his teeth knocked out. Uh, he looks like a real mean, hard dude and he's scary as all get out. But as the film goes along and it hops around in the timeline, we get to meet Kane before the prison, and he is this charming, sweet, naive guy who gets way in over his head, a crime happens, and he lands in jail. And getting the opportunity to watch Scott Atkins, the charming, lovable guy, versus Scott Atkins, the jail monster, is truly special within the canon. And, you, you know, when you're talking prison characters with Scott Atkins, you have to talk about Boyka with him. And I have to say thank you to Darren Smith, the disco dork, my fellow co-dork, uh, for insisting that I ask Scott Atkins who would win in a fight, Boyka or Kane from Avengement. And, you know, because Scott is such a cool dude, he answers that question. Uh, I'm going to let him do that, of course. So there you go. That's an enough of me. I've been jabbering on too long. Like I said, I'm more than a little excited. Let's get to this conversation. I had 20 some odd minutes with Scott over the phone and it was a pure delight. We'll jump into the chat and I'll meet you back on the other side. Hi, Scott. How are you today? I'm okay. Sorry, have I kept you waiting? No, no, not too, not too bad. I, I had other things I had to do anyway. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Um, so thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. So, uh, right off the bat, I just want you to know that I loved Avengement. Uh, it, I think it's one of my favorite films of yours, uh, period. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Mm, that's brilliant to know, yeah. Yeah, great. Good stuff. <laughs> so, what I wanted to talk about, and I think one of the big surprises that I had regarding your movie was how it sort of offers you the chance at a dual role. You know, you get to portray Kane. Uh, post prison and came before prison, and can you talk to that about that experience a little bit? Yeah, I wanted to make the transition from who he was to who he becomes. I wanted to make it very realistic, and um, I think we pulled it off. He's a naive. Uh, he's always got a smile on his face, sort of little runt. In fact, the film originally was called Runt, R U N T, and that's what he was. He was this little shit really that, that just got himself into trouble and then through no fault of his own things went from bad to worse uh, but yeah I think the, the trajectory of his character from naive kid to absolute monster 
um, it, it works believably. Uh, and yeah, we wanted the audience to really feel for the character, uh, you know, all the things that he has to go through while he's inside prison. Um, really make you understand why he's become the character that he's become that we see at the beginning of the film. Yeah, I mean, it really has this um, impactful uh, experience for the audience member because, you know, we meet Kane. Uh, already post prison in beast mode, but when you when you get to see Kane prior, suddenly there's this sense of sadness. You have a deep empathy for the character. Yeah, well, I tried to just take my voice up an octave when I was playing that version of Kane, a little, a little bit higher as voice, and I based it on one of the uh, the actors who's from East London that I was working with. But then when I played the older Kane. I do a lot of screaming in the movie, and uh, I think one of the first things we did was a load of screaming, and it, it kind of ruined my voice. Mm. And it put my voice in this cracky sort of, uh, you know, like growly type of voice thing going on. So what I would find myself doing, people would hear me upstairs, but specifically in the pub, screaming all the time in, in the prison, and we, we shot that first, and then we went to the pub. People could hear me in the room upstairs just screaming, <laughs> just so that I could ruin my voice to get it back to what it had already been for the past week playing this character so I'd be up in the top room just going <laughs> screaming like a, an absolute maniac trying to get the voice where I wanted it to be so there you go I imagine that also getting the scars put onto your face and the teeth really does a lot of the work as well yeah definitely the teeth because it altered your way of talking anyway and um yeah the, the scars, obviously, but that great jacket, if you put a jacket on like that that's padded with a nice fur collar um, and that, that open neck T-shirt, that does more than the scars for me. As soon as you get a jacket on like that, it changes your personality a little bit and you start barging people out of the way. And, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that, but it's turning me into some sort of psycho. <laughs> um, that really has more of an effect the costume for me. You know, I, wa- watching the film... I can't help also but create like the Scott Adkins universe in my head and how Kane would react to a character like Boyka, you know, two different individuals, but sort of in the same scenario, at least in the prison sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I put my money on Boyka. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what I wanted to ask. So like, if you were going to pit the two guys together, you, you would say Boyka would win that fight. Yeah. Boyka would kick his ass because he's the most complete fighter in the world. Um, uh, Kane is fighting on pure rage um, and we all know that if you go into a fight too angry the more skilled fighter is going to take you out I said I wanted to do for uh, Boyka the next film that we get to do it is address his rage issues and, and use it as something that would uh, be something that would make him lose a fight and then he learns to control his anger um, if we ever get to do another one, that would be part of the plot that I've given away. After <laughs> yeah. man, though, Mike Fallon would take both of them out. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, for sure, sure. Well, he's got a lot of skills. Well, he would just arrange an accident, and they would not even expect it, and they would be dead. <laughs> All right, well, I'm writing that fan fiction down right now. So you've worked with Jesse Johnson a bunch, and I wanted to talk a little bit about what makes your relationship with him as your director on uh, these movies uh, so unique. Like, what what do you guys have that works so well? Collaboration from the ground up, 
from concept. I mean, Avengement, for instance, Jesse had this sort of half-written script, but with the, uh, the, this, the, the premise of this guy walks into a pub and holds the people hostage while he talks about this story of what got him there. And it wasn't really clear what it was at the time, but I just loved that idea. So we got Stu on board. And the three of us, really, we, we created this project together. So to come into it, you know, with Jesse, it's very collaborative. Um, we have arguments on the set, like, quite badly sometimes. Um, but at the end of it, we're, we're, we're very happy with the work that we've done, so we always go to work with each other. But I can be quite hard on him, and he can be quite hard on me. Um, and, you know, if I'm not doing my best performance-wise, he's going to tell me about it, and I appreciate that. And he's given me room to create characters and, and perform as the best actor that I can be. And, you know, when it comes to story, we just we hash it out. But there's always a point on that set where we have an argument, to be honest, hmm. um, just because we're both so passionate about it. And that, that's really what's driving it. It's passion from both of us to do the best work that we can do. You know, we've both got a very strong work ethic. We come from sort of a working class background. And um, we just attack these films with uh, a passion and uh, a love uh, to do the best stuff that we can do. And I think that's why I love working with Jesse. We'll be having an argument again this year, probably. <laughs> it'll, it'll all be for the, for good, for the, good, the good of filmmaking. Can you think of a, a specific moment on Avengement where you had an argument and you had to, to work through it and resolve it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you should give away, but it was a simple thing, really. Mm. Uh, there was a five sequence that we'd we'd arranged this fight sequence and Jesse wanted to, the camera move to be quite specific to, to get us into the fight so he'd moved all the tables and chairs to different places but we'd already arranged the fight around everyone being in a specific position and it created an argument <laughs> he, created, he, he wanted to do something for, for the look of the, you know, the cinematography reasons and, um, you know, I didn't have enough time to reorganize the whole fight sequence. And it was just something stupid and that. But listen, we're working under a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. we, we work on tight schedules. Um, we work in long hours. Uh, a film set is a very stressful place to be. And there are often arguments. Um, a lot, especially on the tight schedule ones. So it's just, it's, it's normal, it really is. Well, Me and Jesse, we got a lot of respect for each other, but also... We can lock horns because um, we're, we're close in age, and uh, you know that's just the way it is. <laughs> well, we love each other. Uh, I, I imagine I know there is so much planning that has to go into one of your films, and you know so much. Uh, training and, and and it shows in your productions you know like, like i imagine that you know when somebody has a creative uh idea from a cinematography standpoint you can't adjust what you've already planned from a choreography standpoint from a fight choreography standpoint it just be a lot harder um yeah just a lot harder and you know we don't have the time to really work and sync with each other we have to go, go off and get this done with stunt coordinator and um, some stuff we're just making up as we go along mm -hmm. um, it's not a well-oiled machine these low-budget films 
it was just an unfortunate thing. It happened, and you know, it all worked out the best, to be honest. Sure. Well, I like the end result, but before I let you go, you know, when you're having this uh, collaborative experience, you with... don't have to let me go too soon. By the way, okay. I'm not doing anything tonight. Oh well, thank you for giving me a little extra time. I appreciate it. Uh, well, then, like, okay, so when you're beginning the early stages of putting Avengement together or any or any film together, uh, what is the essential element? Uh, for your productions like what do you what makes the perfect scott adkins action film well it's never perfect but, <laughs> um, i mean what, what i try to do is i'm trying to do different things i'm trying to grow as an actor i'm trying to explore different characters different genres um Avengement is like nothing we've ever done before but i always i'm never going to forget who my fan base is, the majority of people expect there to be some fisticuffs. So it's like, okay, what's the story? Does it make sense in this story that I'm going to be fighting a lot of people? Okay, it does. Well, that's a good thing, you know. Uh, like something like Deck Collector, it's very character-based and I'm interested in exploring these characters a bit more. But it made complete sense that I was going to have some fist fights with people because I'm there to collect debts. Mm-hmm. And then something like Avengement, you know, stuck in a prison, there's no weapons or there shouldn't be. So there's going to be a lot of fist fights. And so it's, it's, if, it, if it lends itself to the story, then that's really a good fit for, for a Scott Adkins film. Mm-hmm. And we can have realistic fights. So with something like Avengement, what was... Like when you know, did the screenplay come to you? Like, what was the first thing that uh, sparked your interest? Where you went, okay, no, I this is what I need to do. It was an idea that Jesse had, and mm-hmm. with Stu and myself, we then we we wrote the script based off an idea. So I was in it from the ground up. Um, that collector just lent itself to that. There are some projects where you can mold it to have more physical action. Um, that's going to suit me and what my fans want to see from me. Um, or, you know, it's something different, like it's maybe it's more gunplay or whatever, and I don't mind doing that either. But uh, most of the time, I'll try and adapt it if I can. And are you um, watching what other filmmakers are doing and uh, adjusting to what other audiences for other movies are looking for or are you focused solely on what you love and what you do and how you can advance yourself as an actor and as a uh, performer I do what I want to see I mean you can only really make film I mean I'm not the filmmaker but I do have a lot of involvement and I'm interested in doing the work that I would like to watch so if I'm interested in it or if it sounds like something that I'd like to watch then uh that's why I choose the project. Um, but I do love films and I'm always watching movies and I do get influenced by other people, uh, for sure, as you always do and always have. Um, and it's really refreshing when something like John Wick comes along that's, you know, the fact that they have been able to do something different when seemingly everything has been done before, mm-hmm. that, that's no small feat. I mean, that, that's amazing what they did with Gunjitsu there. Yeah, you know, I watched Avengement and John Wick Chapter 3 pretty close back-to-back, and my reaction to that was I really love how in modern action cinema there is so much emphasis on the emotion behind the physical. And for all the amazing action work that is happening in Avengement, 
I mean, I feel like you're in that pub with Kane and you just understand and you feel the anger that is radiating from him. Yes, well, it's story first, isn't it? You don't care about what's being said or happening on screen. Um, you don't care about the fight, so I'm glad to hear that. Is it easy for you to play a character like Kane who is just so broken? Um, for whatever reason, it's never been a problem for me to tap into a bit of rage. Mm-hmm. I consider myself to be a nice guy. <laughs> but, you know, it's with Yuri Boyka, I don't know, I can tap into that. As an actor, what I've been trying to do is show a bit more vulnerability. That's something that I've needed to, to work on. And I do think there are nice moments of vulnerability in Avengement. Yeah, a lot of it is this feral character, but there are a couple of very uh, emotional moments for him throughout the film, which I... Uh, well, in the film, you know, it's all building towards, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's all building towards a confrontation between Kane and his brother. And when, you know, that, that inevitably has to happen, um, you know, you're excited for the action, but there is like this, this sadness tinged to the, the whole event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sadness and uh, a bit of irony as well. Yeah, for sure. A bit of uh, quirkiness. And I th- um, yeah, well, that end fight sequence, I really, that was something that I butted heads with the producers a little bit because I really wanted to make sure that we could go out with a bang and obviously everything is building towards this final confrontation. And I felt that if it wasn't a crowd-pleasing thing, that we would be shortchanging the audience. Um, and I'm happy that uh, I did uh, have a little bit of a moan to make sure that we can have a bit more time to make that fight really jump up. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, you definitely succeeded. Everyone uh, achieved what they were going for in that final battle. It definitely pays off big time. Uh, And I I guess what I'm sort of dancing around, you know, in talking about John Wick and Avengement and what you're doing in your films uh, compared to the action films that I grew up in with the 80s and the 90s is it feels like there is, uh, you know, there is that sense to use your word of vulnerability to these characters that we're, we've opened ourselves up as an audience to engage with their emotions as much as their uh, physical brutality. Yeah, well, it's, it's different times, and um, audiences are smarter, and that, that's why I'm, I'm more concerned these days about uh, having good characters playing. You know, making good character-driven pieces rather than just, you know, plot-driven or silly action films that are just about the action. If they have their place, then I've certainly done a few of them, but my real interest now is is stuff like The Dead Collector and Mm -hmm. um, Avengement or something like Accident Man, which has got, you know, comedy in it, and it's more than just trying to be the 80s hero and all the rest of it. So, yeah, times have changed, and doing that. And, you know, I mean, you just rattled off a bunch of uh, movies that you've done. I also recently watched uh, Triple Threat. And, you know, you go in from one action film to the next action film. Like, what is driving you? What's keeping your energy up from going into one movie to the next movie? I love my job. I'm very fortunate to do it. It's the only thing I ever wanted to do with my life. Um, there's a part of me that thinks we'll just keep doing them until they say, and they try to take it away from you. <laughs> um, I probably do too many films more than I should, but I just honestly, I, I love my job. I love to work. 
there's no place I'd rather be than on a film set, except of course with my beautiful family. But second to that is, is on a film set doing what I've always wanted to do and what I dearly love to do. And when you meet, and it's hard, yeah, it, it, it's hard. Yeah, I mean, it looks super hard. I can't imagine what it's like when a film wraps and you have to immediately or close to immediately get prepared for the next movie. That's it. I used to go to the gym. Now what I do when I finish a film is I go to the gym to rehab all my injuries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I go to the gym and then I go to the physiotherapist. Because <laughs> I used to go, just go to the gym. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you don't need the gym. Your, your, your gym's your films. Yeah. So when you meet a character like Yuri Boyka, uh, it, it sounds, to, you know, it's clearly you've made three of these films already, but you're not ready to let a character like that go. You know what you've got when you've hit something so special like a character like Boyka. Oh, I'd love to do a, a, another one. Well, you know, there's been talk of TV series. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I love that character. People love me playing that. Um, that character did a lot for me. And I would love to continue playing him. But it's not all about that character either. And it's sometimes a bit frustrating when so many people just, they, they, they don't want to know about Skylark and they just want to know about Yuri Boyka. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a bit frustrating. Mm-hmm. There is more to me than that. But yeah, he's a great character. For you, going into your productions, uh, the ultimate, like, is there an ultimate film or a concept that you are still waiting to achieve? The longest time, Accident Man was that project. Right. Accident Man is out there now, and uh, hopefully we're going to have a number two coming shortly. But there's a few, I've got a few things in development that I'm very excited about. Ideas that I've had and I'm having them written by various writers. One of them I'm extremely excited about. I think it's going to be really cool. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's a great hook. It's a great idea. So when yeah, I just um, I'm feeling quite creative these days. That's yeah, a lot in the pipeline. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, you know, just taking a quick perusal at your IMDb, I have a lot of great movies in my future uh, starring Scott Atkins. I'm really excited about all of them, from uh, you know, It Man Four to uh, the Debt Collector to hopefully another Boyka or whatever you bring. So, Scott. Thank you for everything you've put out there so far. And thank you for joining us today and giving a, a, a little bit of your time to chat your filmography. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Brad. I really enjoyed it. I hope you get to do it again. Yes, sir. Thank you, Scott. Take care. Thanks, buddy. Okay, mate. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. There you go. Uh, yeah, I just uh, re-listened to the episode as well as you guys. And, uh, man... I am crazy in love with Scott Adkins in that interview. I cannot hide it. I just got to keep telling him how much I love him, how much I love his movies. And it's just so surreal to uh, hear myself talking to Scott Adkins, Boyka. Uh, really crazy. Um, and I also realized that I made it sound like The Debt Collector was in the future. No, that's a movie he's already done. You can go rent that now on Amazon or wherever the heck you rent your streaming media. Uh, but what you really want to be on the lookout for, and I hope this interview helped convince you of this, is Avengement. No joke. I'm not lying to Scott Adkins. I'm not lying to you. I do think this is my favorite performance from him. And man, it is a hell of an action film. It's got 
great performance, but it's also got a head blowing up. Everyone loves a good head explosion. I know Darren the Disco Dork certainly does. So I, yeah, watch Avengement. It comes out Friday. It'll be playing in select theaters. Check your local listings. And it'll be on demand and digital HD. This is a blind buy, no problem. Trust me. So there you have it for this week. Um, I'm I'm still like in uh, uh, bliss for having talked to Scott Atkins. That's amazing. But we have another interview coming for you at the end of this week. That's right. Not one ItMod Chatcast this week, but two. So dropping on Thursday uh, will be a conversation with documentarian Eric Nelson. Lisa and I had an opportunity to talk to him about his new film, The Cold Blue, which reconstructs and restores William Wyler's documentary about the Memphis Bell that he made during World War II to tell the larger story of the 8th Air Force. This is a truly special film about an element of the war that rarely gets discussed Today And not only is it a tribute to the men who flew in bombers like the Memphis Bell, but it's a tribute to the cameramen who risked their lives and in one case sacrificed his life to capture this footage for the Memphis Bell documentary. Um, the Cold Blue is going to play for one night only on Thursday through Fathom Events, but it will be coming to HBO later in the year. Uh, so put that on your calendars, folks. That is going to bring us to the end of the episode. As always, follow my other dorks, uh, Lisa Gullickson at Sidewalk Siren on Twitter and Instagram, Darren Smith at The Disco Dork, Brian Young at The Turtle Dork, Billy Das at WB Das. Go ahead and follow our guest, Scott Atkins, at The Real Scott Atkins on Twitter. And of course, check out his website, scottatkins.com. And follow me, your host, The Mouth Dork, at Mouth Dork on all social medias. And until next time, guys, take care. Visions are worth fighting for. Why spend your life making someone else's dreams? I had to uh, put that Scott Atkins scream as a stinger to this episode. It's a, a special treat to uh, you from me and a thank you uh, to everyone that uh, stuck to the very bitter end of this episode. It's been a special one. Guys, thanks. Take care.